Welcome back, guys. You're up to Encounter with God here on Faith FM, where we are studying the book of Revelation, and we are in chapter 17, which has been most interesting. But before we do, we have another clue for the quiz. Yes, Actually, we do. before we do the clue, I've got something else. Go on. Okay, so we're just talking to uh, Liesl a moment ago, Liesl Higgins, about the church plant project that she is working on. And it sounds super exciting. A uh, group of young people, I think the oldest was like, uh, I think they're all either in their teens or their 20s. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to be a part of a church that everyone's in their teens or the 20s, and I'm sure you'd be welcome even if you were in your 80s, 90s, or 100s, mm-hmm. um, then this is a church that you need to be part of. Um, they are based in Lizaro. She mentioned that they have a, a Friday night a uh, small group Bible study get-together, and so that's going to involve food, prayer, and Bible study, the Acts model of evangelism. That takes place Friday nights at 6.30. Um, the address is number 11. Okay, so write this down if you've got the uh, the details. So Friday night, 6.30, number 11. Uh, this is Liesl Higgins' home. Um, number 11, Langbean Close. So Lang being close is spelled L-A-N-G for Lang, B-E-N-E for bean. So it's not B-E-E-N, it's not B-E-A-N, it's B-E-N-E. That reminds me to go shopping for some beans today. Be a go on. Yeah, but these are not those kind of not, beans. Not those beans. Not, yeah, yeah. not Lang beans, just baked no. beans. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. In Lizaro. In Lizaro. Yes. So if you want more details, just give us a call here at Faith FM on 1-800-324-843 and we can give you all the details that you might need. Head along there. Be part of a bunch of young people that are just super enthusiastic about Jesus and reading and studying the Bible and praying and sharing food together. Sounds like a lot of fun. If I was in the area, I would definitely be a part of uh, this particular program. Same, same, same story. All right, let me give you the, what is it, one, two, three, oh, the fourth clue. This one's really going to give it away, guys. This one, oh, I don't know, man, this is going to be a little bit too easy. Maybe I should skip and do the fifth clue. Yeah, do the hardest one, no, okay, whichever yeah, it is. I'll do the hardest one first. Okay, so our fourth clue for our Who Am I quiz this morning is this. I am a doctor. Straight, simple. Yeah, there's point. like one of those in the Bible, I think. There's only one that I know of. If you know who the doctor in the Bible is, give us a call on one eight hundred Faith FM and snap up the KJV Bible for yourself. Okay, so we have been talking about the seven heads and ten horns. Yes. Oh yes. Back to this exciting who are, stuff. Who are the seven heads and the ten horns of Revelation chapter seventeen? And the key to understanding this prophecy is tense. And Mon's about to sneeze. She's got that look on her face. Oh, sorry coming. about that sneeze look on my face. Okay, before we go into this tense business, can we just quickly recap? Because yesterday you took us on a bit of an odyssey uh, in between three or, was it three or four different Revelation chapters and you showed us how um, it was the same beast. Same beast. With its multiple heads and horns, but yes. it had crowns that kept falling off and falling on and switching positions. Can you just do like a quick run through again Okay, where all the crowns were changing in which chapters? All right. So you've got three completely different views of the same beast. Yeah. In Revelation chapter 12, this beast is described as a... Um, 
As I, I'm giving Mon a hard time here, sorry. I'm asking him to pass me a tissue and he's passing me everything but the <laughs> tissues. Why would I want your dirty cup or a thumb drive at this point, Lyle? I just sneezed. I clearly need a tissue. <laughs> You're just ropeable at the moment. <laughs> oh, just cashing in on, on your debt lag. I'm going to be so disappointed next week when it's all gone. Uh, radio's not going to be fun anymore. No, don't worry, Lyle. I'll just stay dumb forever for you. <laughs> yeah, go through, go through for this. For our piece. listener. For our listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For the listeners, Mon. It's for the listeners. <laughs> yeah, sure. Whatevs. Okay, take us, take us through this, this beast. be your excuse. <laughs> All right. So, um, Revelation chapter 12, you've got a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns. Revelation chapter 13, you've got a leopard-like beast with uh, seven heads and ten horns. Revelation chapter 17, you've got a beast with a woman riding with seven heads and ten horns. Clearly, what you have here is the same beast in very, very different contexts. Yeah. Okay, so in Revelation chapter 12, we know that this is Satan working through Imperial Rome. Mm-hmm. Uh, we identified that very, very clearly. And so then, um, so you've got the Imperial Roman Empire. Now, in the Imperial Roman Empire, of course, was followed, with what, followed by what was called the Holy Roman Empire. So in Revelation chapter 13, you've got, once again, Satan working through the Holy Roman Empire. Uh, when you come to Revelation chapter 17, once again, we've got this same beast, we've got this same concept, we've got Rome continuing on in a different format, and a different view again. So this is why one is described as you know one beast. The when when you come to uh, Revelation thirteen, it's a, a a a composite beast because the Holy Roman Empire was very much a composite empire. Uh, you did not under the Holy Roman Empire you had multiple nations with individual sovereignty that uh, you know were at various times either a part or not a part of the empire, and uh, you more or less had the uh, you know, the Vatican, which was sort of like the the over ruler kind of um, power in the background, so to speak. But then you come down to this very interesting one. And what you have in Revelation chapter uh, 12 is that you have seven heads and you have um, seven crowns and the crowns are on the head of the beast, which indicates that sovereignty is with the empire. So at one point the crowns were on the seven heads, but now they're all on one head. Uh, well, they're all on the they're all on the on on the um, on the heads. Okay, yeah. okay. So so what that indicates is that you've got one beast, and it is wearing all the crowns. Mm-hmm. So you have one beast that is made up of multiple nations, but there is only sovereign. The sovereignty is only with the beast. Gotcha. That's Imperial Rome. Yeah. So Imperial Rome was made up of many different nations. Um, seven of those nations are the foundational nations of modern-day Europe, right? But Imperial Rome, the sovereignty was with Rome. Then you come to Revelation 13, and the crowns are no longer on the beast. They are now on the horns. Now, those horns we found symbolized you know, the different nations that Imperial Rome disintegrated into when it was replaced by the Holy Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. And so the sovereignty moves from Imperial Rome to the separate nations. Gotcha. Right? Then we come to Revelation chapter 17. There's no crowns at all. No crowns. Where'd they go? So the sovereignty's gone. The political power is gone. 
You just have the beast and the woman, but the political power is gone. Where they? And, and, and here's what else you find: you find that um, the beast is described as being in the wilderness. Does that have something to do with the political power being gone? Okay, absolutely it does. Because what you're going to find is that being in the wilderness is symbolic, according to Revelation 12, of being under persecution. Oh, okay, yeah. So if we then look at uh, your Holy Roman Empire, the Vatican and so forth, we have to ask ourselves the question, well, when did they lose political power? That took place in 1798. That was when political power was abolished. Uh, it was re- uh, the, the Vatican government was replaced by a uh, what was called the Roman Republic, um, and the papal states were stripped away, and it was decreed that there would never be another pope. That didn't last long, though. Did it? it didn't last long, no. and so this is a this is a time period when you know the Vatican is being persecuted. The Vatican is uh, under attack. Um, oh, is this a deadly wound? This is the deadly wound. Uh-huh. Okay, so the. Bible says in Revelation chapter 13 that one of the seven heads mm-hmm. receives a deadly wound. Okay. A mortal wound. However, it does not die of that wound. It's not dead. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit like uh, if, you get sti- if you get shot in the head, right? Yeah. But you still have, um, you still have a heartbeat and you're still breathing. Mm-hmm. Right, you've still got vital signs, but anybody who looks at you knows that you have received a mortal wound. You're not going to survive this. Yeah. Okay, so that's a mortal wound. A mortal wound is something that you are simply not going to survive. And so, um, this is a mortal wound. The beast is not going to survive this wound, but then miraculously it does. And when it does, and it comes back to power. That is what we really need to focus on. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so the first two lines of verse 8, please, Mon. 17 verse 8, Revelation says, if I can find it, The beast you saw was once alive but isn't now, and yet he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit and go to eternal destruction. Okay, let's stop there for a moment. Let's see what we've got here. Here you've got a beast that receives a deadly wound, right? Yes. It was once alive, is not now. In other words, it is... Either dead or, you know, my, my translation words it slightly differently to yours, but it has received a fatal wound. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, and, but it is obviously still alive because it ascends. It, it comes back to life. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. All right. So it's, clear, it's clearly describing something that seemed impossible and it, yeah, it did and everyone's quite amazed oh, yeah, by yeah, it. Yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's got like a touch the miraculous to it. And the important point in this passage is the tense. Mm-hmm. The tense places it, um, we are now in the time of the deadly wound. Okay. The beast is in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Um, the beast has received a deadly wound. The beast, there is no political power here because the crowns are gone. Um, and, and, it, and what's interesting, what happened in 1798 was that the church was not destroyed. It was the political power that was destroyed. It was the sovereignty that was destroyed. It was the crowns that were taken away. Oh, that's interesting. So the, yes. so the church still existed, but it no longer yeah. was the tour de force that it is now. No longer had Prince or Pontiff. Okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, if you continue on down through this verse, um, it says, uh, those that live on the earth shall be amazed. 
those whose names were not written in the book of life of the founda- uh, from the foundation of the world, when they see the beast that was and is not and yet is, which is kind of cryptic. Yeah, that is. That is but I want you to notice the tense. It's almost tongue twisted. Was, is not, mm-hmm. yet is. That's that Where's pre- your Where is your present tense? It does exist. Was, is, is. past tense. Uh-huh. Is not, that's present tense. That's present. Yet is. Oh, yet means future, right? Okay, so here's your clue. Because mm-hmm. at the beginning it says, you know, at the beginning of the verse it just says it's dead. Yeah. But it's not actually dead. It's not, okay. You see that? It is not, in other words, it's dead, and yet it is. This is definitely worth In other words, what you've got here is a beast that's been, you know, say, shot in the head. Uh-huh. Actually, the Bible says wounded by a sword and yet lived. Mm-hmm. So it's had its head split open with a sword. You can see its brains. People are eating breakfast, Lyle. Yes. But go on. This is cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. You can, you can, you can. No, 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 no. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> I'm a man. I want to get into the gory stuff, all right? <laughs> okay, so, okay, so you can beast. see things. You can see inside things on the outside. Think of the Weebix. Think of the Weebix, Lyle. Okay, so it's wounded. Weebix and milk kind of does look. Lyle <laughs> <laughs> Southwell. Okay, it's got a wounded beast. But it still has vital signs, and people do not realize that there are still vital signs there. Because I mean, the Bible says, yet it is. And it, and it does come back to life and it wreaks a bunch of havoc, right? That's right. So it's almost like a hunter out in the forest who's shot an animal and it's lying on the ground and he thinks it's dead, so it goes up close to it, but it's still got vital signs and it suddenly, unexpectedly rears back to life and mauls him. And that has happened on numerous... That is not yeah. a, a, a false thing at all. Yeah, so this is basically this beast. So we're, we're in the position right now where we're gazing upon an animal, an Indian animal thinking to ourselves... Oh, is that dead or is that vital signs? And it's about to jump up and maul us, isn't it? It's exactly what we're dealing with right here. Mm-hmm. So we need to be careful. We're about to get mauled. Okay, so here we have, now we come to our question of the seven heads. Yeah, okay, yeah. All right, so verse eight and, sorry, verse nine and ten. And once again, we're going to be looking for tense. This calls for a mind with understanding. The seven heads of the beast represent the seven hills where the woman rules. They also represent seven kings. Five kings have already fallen. The sixth now reigns and the seventh is yet to come. But his reign will be brief. Okay. So what's our tense right here? So well, it says, what's, what's present it says yet tense? to come. We? Okay. Yeah. So that's future. That's future. Uh, this comes from the seven All right. Let's start with past tense. What, what's what's past? Verse oh, 10. Already fallen. Five okay. kings have already fallen. All right, fallen. so past yeah. tense is five kings. Yeah. The sixth now reigns. Okay, so we're under the sixth. The seventh sixth. is yet to come. And the seventh so is All yet the to tenses come. are actually in verse 10. There's nothing in verse 9, really. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so five have already fallen. Six is currently reigning, and seventh is yet to come. And his reign will be brief. Yes. Okay, so what we've now got to look at is our model for this and we have to ask ourselves in the question in our in our three different views we've got three different views of this one beast mm-hmm. do we have a picture of multiple kingdoms and if we go to revelation chapter 13 you're going to find that the beast is a composite beast it is made up of um is made up of the lion mm. the bear yeah the leopard and the dragon. That's 
right? Intense, that's yeah. a, that's an intense composite beast. If mm-hmm, you see one mm-hmm. of those, um, let us know. We will get some help for you. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking that. Right. <laughs> I just went to Africa and saw a bunch of animals, including you leopards. Never saw one of these, but didn't see one of those. You did, did not, not see, see one, one of those. Of you okay. can't get on safari to get one of these things. All right. Okay. So what's this? In Daniel chapter seven, you have five great empires. Mm-hmm. They are symbolized by, watch this, okay. a lion, oh, yeah. a bear, a leopard, a nondescript beast, and a little horn. Wow. So we know the model that we are to follow in identifying our, um, our, our, our seven heads. Yes. So you go, five are fallen, Babylon, Persia, Greece, Imperial Rome, Holy Roman Empire. That's, right? Yeah. Five are fallen. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the Vatican, which is probably more accurately we would say the Vatican rather than the Holy Roman Empire. Yeah, because I got that deadly wound. So we've got five are fallen. Then it goes on and it says, uh, where are we? There are a five are fallen and one is. So we have one in the present. Now, the one in the present, what condition is it in? It's wounded. It's wounded. Exactly. It is in the wilderness. It has no political power. The crowns are gone. It is wounded. It's playing dead. It is playing dead, and yet it is. Regaining its strength. That's right. Mm-hmm. It is. There are still vital signs there, and it is about to come back to life. And when it comes back to life, it comes back in great power. So what you're being given here is a picture of the world in 1798. So Revelation chapter 11 gives you a picture. Sorry, Revelation chapter 12 gives you a picture of the world in the time of Jesus. That's very interesting. Revelation chapter 13 gives you a picture of the world during the Dark Ages. Wow, hang on, when was this Revelation book? chapter 17 uh-huh. gives you a picture of the world leading into the Industrial Revolution. When was the book of Revelation written? Uh, around about 90 AD. Wow, About okay. 2,000 years ago. This is incredible prophecy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, but then the Bible says there are, there are seven, there are seven, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of them received a deadly wound. But then it comes back to power, and that, of course, is your seventh. Gotcha. Um, as it's restored back to power. Okay, so seven kings, five are fallen, one is. The other is yet to come. When he comes, he must continue a short space, which tells us that Jesus is coming back soon. Soon, yeah, because even after this beast comes back to life and mauls, it's not going to be for a very long time. No, no. absolutely. No. Praise um, the Lord for that. Yes. Yeah, so and ever since 1798, there's been a process by which that uh, deadly wound has been healed. Many would say that it started in 1929 with the restoration of political power to the Vatican. Ooh. The crowns are back. Would you agree? Yeah, I think that that's probably a good observation to make. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, if we look at our world today, we can say that, yes, this is, uh, you know, a, a major power in our world right now. Uh, the Bible goes on in verse 11. It says, The beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth and is of the seven and goes into petition. Mm-hmm. That's cryptic. Very cryptic. All it's really saying is that um, the, there's an eighth head that hasn't been mentioned yet, but that eighth head just symbolizes the beast who exists through all of them. So through all oh, of these okay. nations, mm-hmm. through all of these nations, you have one power in existence. 
Okay, so the, and the eighth one is kind of like... And, and all it's really saying is that Satan works through all of these these uh, earthly empires. It's like different masks he put on. Yeah, so Satan yeah. was working through Babylon, Satan was working through Persia, Satan was working through Greece. Uh, Satan was, you know, it's, it's just different, same power all the way through trying to destroy um, humanity and trying to destroy Jesus Christ. Anyway, I'm going to talk more about it. This is the Lesser Light Collective with Choose Your Beast. It all comes down to the lamb slain from the foundation of creation. It all comes down to the life poured out in the center of revelation. Start with the sea beast, he seeks his own glory. Up from the sea he comes, looking gory. With seven heads, ten horns, blasphemies on each head. It's a leopard with a bear's feet, a lion's mouth that'll fill you with dread. The dragon gives him power, power to devour, power to make everyone bow down and cower. A wound on its head should have left it dead, but it's resurrected and respected instead. And the world is awed, treats the dragon and the beast like Hollywood stars. In arrogance, he blasphemes the temple and its God. For 42 months, he wars to overcome the saints. But here's the patient saints. The beast will get his payment. Wait, and if your name isn't found written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you're gonna worship him. That beast with sadistic plans, he's got the whole world in his hands. And he's not just a violent opposer, he's a subtle imposter, a two-faced poser. If you're not his enemy, then you're his soldier. You don't know enough to win the battle on your own. He who enslaves will be a slave, killers will be killed. The beast seems to rule, but the prophecy will be fulfilled. It all comes down to the lamb slain from the foundation of creation. It all comes down to the life poured out in the center of revelation. As it ascends, lifted up from the wilderness With two horns on its head like a little gentle pet lamb But don't get too close, it speaks like a dragon Destruction is its middle name Undercover killer, friends with the sea beast Shares in its bragging Falling out so far, feels like flying Leading the majority away from Mount Zion It's an atrocity, flagrant idolatry Spitting in the face of the God they say to follow And he performs signs, fire from the heavens falling Multitudes fooled by the power that is calling word of God's only thing that can free him. It all comes down to the Lamb. Did you buy the beast program, friend? It's time to uninstall, cause with all his commands, there's a virus involved. Speaks through his teeth, make an image to the beast. He breathes into life and the precious increase. Makes a mark on their forehead or hand at least, so we can see clearly who will be policed. Each victim receives it, whether small or great, whether rich or poor, whether free or slave, he tricks. Buy or sell, but your soul it can't fix. Let him with understanding calculate this. The number of the beast is 666. It all comes down to the lamb slain from the foundation of creation. It all comes down 
Back guys, that was the Lesser Light Collective with Choose Your Beast here on Faith FM. I think that's a rather relevant song considering what we have been studying here mm, this morning. Stuff. Heavy stuff for the breakfast show. I hope that you weren't after cornflakes and rice bubbles this morning. We are giving you baked beans on toast with Love baked beans on toast. With um Roast tomatoes, vegetarian. but no mushrooms, all right guys? No mushrooms, no but mushrooms. um Vegetarian sausages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Veggie links or something. Yeah, yeah. That's Not right. Me. That's that's what we're having at breakfast here this morning. Heavy breakfast out of Revelation chapter 17. We've got a few heavy chapters coming up before uh, we get some uh, lighter subjects um, in chapter 21, 22. Before we get down to the heavy stuff, I cannot believe this quiz has not been snapped up yet because it's just so easy and I'm about to make it even easier. Doctor. Doctor in the Bible. This is our fifth clue. I wrote the third book of the New Testament and the Book of Acts. <laughs> Come on, guys. Most prolific author of the New Testament. Who might that be? That's easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, if you know the answer, and uh, we will send you the prize. Okay, there we go. There we have it. Let's go to Revelation chapter 17 and verse 12. Please, Mon. Revelation 17 and verse 12 says... The ten horns of the beast are ten kings who have not yet risen to power. They will be appointed to their kingdoms for one brief moment to reign with the beast. Okay, let me read this to you from a more word-for-word-ish translation. Go on. Uh, Because it's going to give you a a more specific interpretation than the one that you're going to uh, get from uh, that one right there. The Bible says this in the, uh, this is the old KJV, the ten horns which you saw are ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet. Let's stop there for a moment. Let's consider what we have so far. The number ten in the Bible pops up in uh, quite a few places. Uh, for instance, you have uh, ten toes, Daniel two, ten horns, Daniel ten seven, virgins, ten, ten virgins, ten coins. kings, ten horns coming up in... Uh, Revelation uh, 13, 12, 13, 17. Uh, and wherever you find the number 10 coming up, it's a reference to the whole world. Oh, okay. Yes. So when the Bible talks about 10 kings, kings obviously is language that denotes political leaders. Right. So 10 political leaders of the whole world, uh, of the world. Mm-hmm. So so basically it's not the Bible is not indicating that there'll be, you know, 10 literal kings who are going to rule over the entire planet. That's possible but uh, not required by scripture. But is this what because- it is talking about is that you have multiple political leaders which have watch this received no kingdom. So you got 10 kings plural. Uh-huh. Which have received no kingdom singular yet. Okay. Did you see that? That's that's subtle. Yeah, that is very subtle. So the political leaders of the world who are plural, who are working towards having one kingdom. Ah, gotcha. They're looking for like a world power. They're looking. You're talking about new world order, one world government, uh-huh. globalism, Super whatever power. kind of whatever yeah. kind of language you want to apply to it. Yeah, so um, is is ten representative of the whole world because it's like a nice round whole complete number kind of a thing? Is that what it's about? 
I'm not entirely sure because when the Bible was written, it wasn't written using a metric system. It was using written using the the seems that you know time and measurement and so forth was um, more using the um, imperial system of six. But but it's but you telling me that has really just sort of shed some light and helped me understand other parables even more now. Oh yes, absolutely. Like, like I was thinking about the, the ten, ten virgins. virgins is, yeah, is the, this guy's whole, church the in the whole world. Yeah, yeah, and half of them have oil and half of them don't. It's like yeah, yeah. but but so ten kings basically the whole world and they're all looking for one kingdom. Entity. Yeah, one kingdom. Yeah, that's um, that's incredible. Oh yes, oh yes. And this is this news. is this is where it all comes together. Mm-hmm. This is uh, this is globalism. This is new world order. This is all happening right here in verse twelve and thirteen. Okay, so verse thirteen and fourteen actually tells you the nature of globalism at the end of time, because there are some Christians out there who would argue that you know uh, globalism is uh, will be one you know great political leader and that's it, one central government over the entire planet. Mm-hmm. That's not what the Bible teaches. Okay. Notice what it says in verse 13. It says, these have one mind. What does it say in your translation there? Verse 13 says, they will all agree to give him their power and authority. Okay, so you've got a, you've got a, uh, a unifying force here. Uh-huh. Okay, so they all, they have one mind. They give their power and strength unto the beast. The Greek actually carries the concept of they have one purpose in mind. Aye. So notice here that they have not lost their individual sovereignty, Mm -hmm. but they have united in purpose. There is a unifying force. So it's not like they become one country, but they're all ruled by one power, different countries. They're not ruled by one power, but they have a central uh, uniting... Ideology. Ideology, a central uniting force. It's not the United Nations. Okay. Okay, but that kind of a concept. Gotcha. All right, yeah. Because this one centers in Rome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Verse uh, 14. Uh, yeah, read for us verse 14. 14 Together cool. they will go to war against the Lamb, but the Lamb will defeat them because he is the Lord of all lords and the King of all kings, and his called and chosen and faithful ones will be with him. Okay, so when we talk about globalism and the globalization of our planet, does the Bible say this is a positive thing or a negative thing? A negative. A negative thing because the Bible says that globalization is being driven by um, an alliance against God. Yes. yes a yeah. global coming together against God. You know, and this is what you've got if, is you've got a repeat of what Nimrod did in uh, Babylon, in ancient Babylon, the Tower of Babel, where, you know, God said, go out, you know. Conquer the earth, populate the earth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and Nimrod said, no, gather together, build a city, build a tower, build an empire. And so you've got uh, you know, Nimrod trying to you know, build a civilization based on the principles of globalism, globalization. That's really what it comes down to. And this is a repeat of that. I mean, it's, but Nimrod is also just sort of doing a repeat of the devil and the and the fall from Eden. Yes, from, sorry, fall from heaven. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Absolutely. But the Bible says that the Lamb wins, and that's what's really important about this particular passage here. 
is that he is Lord of Lords, he is King of Kings, he is the one who is ultimately in control. We can set up you know, any kind of political system we want here on this earth and we can sit back and say, well, we created this and we created that and we created the other, but ultimately... Uh, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the one who is in control. Yeah, which is, you know, we, we are studying something that can be conceived as being quite scary. You know, think about this beast with this wound who suddenly comes back to life and starts mauling. Mm-hmm. Um, but the but the truth is, right there in that verse we just then read, um, you know, Jesus is Lord of all lords and King of all kings, and uh, and his called and chosen and faithful will be with him. So what you've got to do is stick with Jesus, be yeah. one of his called and chosen and faithful, which is all of us if we choose to be. That's right, and uh, and we will have we will have God's protection at that scary time. And it's almost like as if God is um, in a hurry to throw this in here, mm-hmm. you know, because you have got verse thirteen. There's that one mind, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. Uh, these shall make war with the lamb, and bang, you know, it's almost like God is putting this in here. Okay, before we go any further, we're going to stop and talk about the fact that the lamb wins. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, here's 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 the one who overcomes them, and uh, and, and you know. Making sure that 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 gets in there, you know, almost like a little uh, a side note. Just you know, we're hitting we're hitting some heavy stuff, but you need to know that Jesus Christ is going to win in this particular battle. Which is once again just exemplifying God's great love for us. Yeah, absolutely. That He should be telling us the future and also just assuring us not to worry about it. Yes. Okay. So tomorrow morning we're going to talk about what happens uh, to globalism at the end of time and how the Bible predicts that it will all melt down. But right now we're going to listen to Grego Pile. Jesus can and will. And when he says tomorrow morning, he means Monday. There's that jet lag again, Lyle. Oops. <laughs> You can study all the philosophies Having all the PhDs You can sleep on a bed that may be comfortable Having dreams that never end You can travel around and say Everything's going my way But there's a longing in your heart That isn't filled can and will fill your life with peace. Never did anyone leave his presence without being changed. For if anyone who's in Christ is a brand new man, so let the light of Jesus shine throughout the They seem to never end And you searched in many places But never found that peace But I know someone who will give you all The happiness you deserve Surrender your life to
is a free community craft program for kids aged 1 to 5 designed to encourage growth and creativity through Bible stories. Join us each Tuesday during the school term from 9.30 till 11am at the Senior Citizens Hall, 401 Warburton Highway, Wandon North. For more information or to register, go to happyhandsart.com.au forward slash happyhearts or contact Patricia on 0425 854 516. That's 0425 854 516. Happy Hearts. Free fun for kids and the mess stays with us. you to our church, the, the Southern Illawarra Seventh-day Adventist Church. We meet every Saturday morning at 10.30 a.m. to study the Bible, followed by our main service at 11.30 a.m. You can find us at 107 to 109 Princess Highway, Dapto. We are in the High Ninja Hall inside the Dapto Ribbonwood Center. For more information, you can get in touch with us on Facebook. Just search for Southern Illawarra Seventh-day Adventist Church. Or contact us on 0402-716-762. We hope to see you soon and stay tuned to Face Thanks, FM. FM.
You're listening to Scott Reed with who he is here on Faith FM. We have come to question of the day time. And so we're going to find out uh, yeah, what is our question of the day today, Mon? Okay, so really great question today. Uh, let me just get my camera rolling here, a bit behind the eight ball. I'm still going to blow the jet lag. I'm going to blow the jet lag for everything forever. <laughs> okay, question is, what does smoke represent in the Bible? Okay, so this was, a, this was a clarification question that came in relationship to a Bible study that we had while we were in Ethiopia. Mm, yes, indeed. In relationship to the smoke that enters the temple. And so in Revelation chapter 15, uh, the Bible says in verse 8, the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no one was able to enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angel, angels were fulfilled. And, of course, this smoke gets a lot of people worried because if no one can go there, no one can go to the throne of grace, salvation has come to an end, uh, intercession has come to an end, does that mean that I need to be able to stand on my own? Can I build up enough spiritual strength so that I can bridge the gap uh, between the close of probation and the actual return of Jesus Christ, can I bridge that gap in my own power? Well, that smoke that is uh, spoken of here is actually the answer to that question because this smoke is in the context of the Song of Moses. The Song of Moses is a song that was sung as a song of deliverance from the Egyptians. And smoke played a critical role in how, in, in fact, it was smoke that you could say delivered them from the Egyptians. And so to cut a long story short, what you've got is this. The Israelites are fleeing from Egypt. The, the plagues have fallen. Mm-hmm. They are fleeing from Egypt. They come to the Red Sea. They are boxed in. They have mountains on either side. They have the Egyptian army behind them. They have the Red Sea in front of them. And they are facing total annihilation. They are about to be wiped out so that there's none of them left. And as a result of that, what you find is that God then appears. And he appears, the Bible says, as a pillar of smoke. And that pillar of smoke comes and it comes between the Egyptians and the Israelites. And the Egyptians cannot penetrate the pillar of smoke. And then from the pillar of smoke, what happens is that God parts the Red Sea. I'm I'm cutting a long story short. He parts the Red Sea. The Israelites cross over on dry land. They're going to the promised land. Jesus is taking them to the promised land. And then, of course, the smoke lifts. The Egyptians are able to see what has happened. They endeavor to follow the Israelites through the Red Sea. The Red Sea collapses on top of them. They're drowned. God's people are delivered. That's the, and then they sing the Song of Moses. So that's the context of the smoke. And so if you go over to Isaiah, um, uh, chapter four, you find the same imagery being used here, the same references to the, um, to the to the to the Red Sea experience, but in an end time context. So Reve- uh, Isaiah four is an end time prophecy, and it talks about this smoke once again. And speaking of God's people, the Bible says in verse five, the Lord will create upon every living place of Mount Zion. That's His church. And upon her assemblies a cloud and a smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night, for upon all the glory will be a defense, and it shall be a tabernacle or a protection or a roof for a shadow in the daytime from heat and for a place of refuge and for covering from from storm and from rain. And so the Bible says that this smoke is protection for God's people. 
And so while some people might be freaking out, you know, the plagues are going to fall, probation is going to be over, intercession has ended, God has abandoned his people. In actual fact, the opposite has taken place. During this time period, God will be closer to his people than in any other point, any other time period in history. The Bible says this, Jesus says this, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that is what is important. It's not important where Jesus is, except that he is with me. And the simple reality is this, if Jesus is with me, do I have anything to fear? And the answer is no, I have nothing to fear if Jesus is with me. He can leave the temple in heaven. He can leave intercession. He can leave all of that stuff behind. But the important thing is that he is with me and that smoke is a symbol of his protection of me during those dramatic events right at the very end. This is uh, Sydney Wolverton. Anchor your soul. You listen to Faith FM. For God hasn't let me go Cause I've let him go many times He keeps amazing me With how he's changing me I'm holding on this time And I keep on telling myself Don't dig up what you've sowed in faith Don't give up what won't be replaced more than you would ever know Don't waste it now Let him anchor your soul Your soul Your soul Your soul I'm thankful God has I've let him go many times He keeps amazing me With how he's changing me I'm holding on this time And through the valley, through the deep When the ocean's crashing in I will trust, I will lean On the one who calms the sea So remind me
Welcome back, guys. That was Sydney Wolverton with Anki Soul here on Faith FM. And good to hear a young person out there uh, giving a go and creating some great music for us. We've come to the end of our show, and at the end of our show, we all have always have something to give away. And uh, Liesl Higgins was on earlier, once again, another young lady doing great things for God. She was talking about this book called The Great Controversy and how it was changing uh, completely changing a friend's life, somebody that she met while doing literature evangelism, um, out doing some door knocking. And uh, so, yes, we wanted to give one away. So if you'd like to have a copy of the same book that is changing that lady's life, then you can give us a call right now, 1-800-324-843. Mon, tell us all about it. Yes, this book is going to be one of the best books ever written, ever, ever, ever. I mean, other than the, other than the Bible, obviously. It's incredible. This is a beautiful copy of it. It's um. Of just a really stunning uh, copy with a white cover with a blue planet on it that has like a bomb inside the planet. Uh, so it's a really wonderful book. It's got chapters such as Destruction of Jerusalem, um, an Era of Spiritual Darkness, The Waldenses, John Wycliffe, Huston, Hero- uh, Jerome, Luther's Separation from Rome. It just goes, it goes through so many stages of Earth's history just ripping back the curtain so you can see what was the, the spiritual forces that were going on behind the scenes. Uh, the Bible and the French Revolution, uh, American reformers, great spiritual working, prophecies fulfilled, and of course, it'll go on to talk about the future. Absolutely. Continues yeah. on from there to talk about uh, what happens in the future. Goes all the way through to the return of Christ, the end of the thousand years, the end of sin, pain, and suffering. So just an amazing, amazing epic book right there. Give us a call, 1-800-324-843 is the number, or text us on 0491-064-669, and we will be sending you a copy of this amazing book right here on Faith FM right now. Stay tuned for more great programming. He's got it all in control He's put that reassurance way down in my soul He's got it all in control I've put my life in His hands So every road I walk down I'm sure is in His plan Cause I've put my life in His hands He holds the stars in the sky He's got it all in control He's put that reassurance 
way down in my soul He's got it all in control 